There are small nuances of the brand that make it the luxury brand that it is. But at the same time, we're kind to the planet and the people that, you know, uh, we work with throughout the supply chain. And so that's something that distinguishes us from any other brand. Like we we want to give people who are luxury goods consumers the option to do good while looking good. Welcome to Mindful Businesses, presented by Sarani, and I'm your host, Padia Ayer. In our podcast, we bring to you brands which are mindful in their practices and processes. A mindful business adopts and employs sustainable social, economic, and environmental practices. We continue our journey through India where we came across several creators and designers of sustainable fashion. Today, we have with us Mayura Dauda Shah, founder of Mayu, luxury created sustainably. Welcome, Mayura. Thank you, Vidya. Let's talk a little bit about fish leather. What is the history of fish leather? So fish leather has been a part of uh, the Nordic culture. It's been a Nordic tradition to utilize discarded fish skins, you know, after the fish has been eaten or in the process of prepping the fish to be eaten. Um, there is certain variety where you have to de-skin fish. So the de-skinned byproduct um, of the de-skinning process is the fish skins and that's what's upcycled into this beautiful not just beautiful but also durable and exotic looking leather uh, if you look at salmon leather then it's um, resembling to snake skin just to give you an idea uh, but then there's a whole different varieties of fish skins that can be turned into beautiful fish leather so talk about your background um, what was your journey what made you think about this as a raw material to design do you have a design background this particular venture that I have started has very little to do with what I'm formally trained in. I'm a mechanical engineering graduate. I worked in the automotive industry um, for my internships. I did research in aeronautics. I did my full-time job in the aerospace industry building private jets and then here I am doing something very different but then even then there is a common thread and that common thread is design. I may not be formally trained in product design or fashion design but I believe that I have a passion for it and anything that I have done in the past uh, through my work experience or even in my academic training, I always found projects that had to do with product design to be very interesting. Um, and so I think my calling always was to do something in the creative space. And so I found it in the form of fish um, leather goods that I'm now making and expanding into other sustainable and innovative material based products. So how did you come across fish leather? Is it a common raw material used in India? No, this goes back to when I was in graduate school. I was doing my master's program in Wellesley, Massachusetts, and I took this trip uh, with a bunch of friends to Iceland over Thanksgiving break in November 2015. And it was during this trip that I discovered this material and objects made out of this material um, at a few gift shops in Reykjavik. And so uh, that really sparked my interest when I started inquiring and asking 
asking more questions about what is it and how is it made and then even figured out that it's sustainable because it utilizes a byproduct of an existing food industry right and so um that's when it really took off uh, my imagination took off and i really wanted to bring this out and introduce it to the other parts of the world where it's still not very well known that was how my use story began so your background is in mechanical engineering do you think you use some skills of design people who are um who have an inclination to engineering also are fond of origami or you know those sort of uh design techniques are any of your products made with those design techniques so or or do you think your engineering degree influenced the design part of it no i would i would very much give credit to my engineering background to what i do today uh it may sound like it's very different from what i'm formally trained in like i previously said but there is a lot of commonality that i find you know when i sit down um uh to do my design on the drawing board um i'm always thinking from a user's point of view right so that human centered design approach is very key to what we do at myu um so unlike many other brands out there that design just for aesthetics and sustainability even um one of our other key areas of focus is utility and functionality of the product so that's where my mechanical engineering training but also work experience helps me give an example so if i have to do um say designs of card slots or a bill slot right in a bag um then to really apply you know what kind of tolerances and what kind of stitching technique and all of that i have had to learn as i go about uh, you know doing this business but there's all, always this underlying you know principle of how design really needs to come together in the form of a feasible product you know you may have all the ideas in your head but what is actually feasible to materialize into a physical design right um that's where i think just the way we are trained to analyze problems analyze designs uh that's where my my mechanical engineering skills i would say come into play yeah like you make a billfold which doesn't fit a note or you can't slip your credit card it's too tight and you know so yes so the problem solving yeah, uh, yeah. training does come to the rescue but then you know i i just thought of this other example we did um a card case recently and in the card case design we've got uh, a gusset on one side and not on both sides so that it keeps whatever it is that you want to place in it it could be your money you know like the cash bills or it could even be your mm, receipts or whatever um once it's placed we want it to be secure so then only that one side gusset will give you um the option to expand and place more but then it won't allow it to fall off because it's secured from one side and open from the other and then there's also i think this design for uh, manufacturing and design for assembly you know these are concepts that i was introduced in my sophomore year of mechanical engineering and those are, those really have stuck with me and and i use those because i want to minimize waste fish leather it may sound very cool um the reason one of the reasons why it's not 
conventionally available is because a people don't know much about it or n- know about it at all. Uh, the second reason being it's ex- it's expensive to mm-hmm. make because there are not many players out there in the market making the material. So when you have an expensive material, you know, for example, it's um, fifteen to twenty dollars per square foot landed cost uh, to me, right? So and and I use multiple of them in in one given average size bag. Uh, I have to be careful about how much wastage or even if there is any how to reuse it into something else i must add that you're a boiler maker <laughs> boiler up <laughs> boiler up so where do you get your fish leather from do you make it in india or do you have it imported you mentioned you have it imported yeah so when i first discovered this material you know when i first found out about it and started researching i looked at all the different manufacturers out there and there weren't many uh so i said you know why don't i try and make it in india that was the first um thought that i had and so i found this scientist that has been working in the leather industry for many many years has a lot of deep knowledge and so we worked together to develop it and we were successful but you know that would have meant it's a completely different business model then then you're making the material and then you're distributing the material you're not you're no longer doing the finished goods design so i did the value chain analysis as i was taught in school and figured out very quickly that there's more value in designing the products and making finished goods than making the material so maybe making the material is something that comes to us later some some years down the line uh, but yeah we did try to make it in india we were successful but then i chose to do an import of material because it's done more sustainably uh, they have they have nearly perfected the process right so it's it's best to leave it to those who know it best and do it best so currently we're importing fish leather from um iceland and germany so is there a particular kind of fish which um is conducive to, to be making fish leather yeah so one of the important criterion i think um criteria is to look at the size of the fish right um you want your yield uh, which is the the leather to be as big as possible to be able to make it into something um so th- we are currently using salmon and that's also widely used for eating purposes right so salmon and wolf fish these are the two varieties that we are currently using because they have a bigger size uh, you know the variety and it's also in normal use uh, so we're not i would also like to clarify that we're not killing or fishing for the purposes of making leather this is purely uh, leather that is being made from uh, discarded or byproducts of the fish processing industry so that's what also people who make leather say right they say we are byproduct of the meat industry why is fish scales leather a better solution i think uh, with the way our eating patterns are evolving and changing right you may have heard of uh, methane gas and how eating beef and eating you know um, that can is is directly correlated to causing more pollution in the environment in the atmosphere um as as that is changing and changing towards a be- better hopefully um i think there will be a reduction in that trend of 
seeing that coming out as a byproduct. Whereas fishing, I don't think um, any doctor will tell you do not consume <laughs> fish, but 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 might say don't consume red meat or beef, right? So that's one thing. But then the other angle is that when you compare the processes of making leather, uh, fish leather, make tanning consumes a lot less water than your conventional leather types. Um, it also um, is more durable for the thickness that you see, right? So it's eight to nine times more durable because of the inherent property of how fish uh, skins are designed. They go crisscross rather than up and down as in the case of cow hide or buffalo hide. So you mentioned it's more durable than leather, right? Mm -hmm. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, so if you uh, take fish skins, um, thickness is normally not as as much as it would be in the case of cow hides. But if you say mm, were to take the same thickness of cow hide uh, as the fish skins, then fish skin uh, does better on durability than cow hide. That's how did you come up with the name Mayu? What does it mean to your brand? Uh, my name is Mayura. So Mayu is obviously um, a short form of my name. And it's also what my loved ones call me, my friends, my family. Um, but apart from that, it has a meaning, uh, which I think reflects what the brand stands for. Uh, so it, it's in Japanese, Mayu means gentleness and superiority. So Mayu as a brand is delivering or, and is promising to deliver superior quality goods, uh, designs, ethical, sustainable, but then doing this uh, by being gentle uh, with the environment and the people. So what are the products you make? What are the range of products that you make? So we we did our debut collection as a tribute to Iceland. So the debut collection is called the Golden Circle Collection. You know, it's inspired from the stunning landscapes of Iceland that I witnessed on my first trip and then subsequently on my second trip when I went there just to check out the tanning process and how fish leather is made end to end. Uh, you know, they say that um, in Iceland, every few seconds, the scene changes and vividly very it's it's very distinct what you see from one point in time to another it almost gives you the feeling of being in different um, planets or distinct um, sceneries and and that's what uh, stuck with me also when I was thinking about doing this design so in that collection we did uh, a wallet on chain so it's it's like a continental wallet but slightly bigger has lots of uh, utility built into it but you know it's compact enough that you can take it from desk to drinks that's what we like to say about our products anything that you see from our range um, you can take from work to after work you know to drinks after work or for dinner um, and so we did the wallet on chain we did a card case and in the latest collection La Movida inspired by the Spanish culture is um, uh, it's, a, it's a bigger assortment of products we've got tech accessories uh, so phone cases and laptop sleeves we also try and do unisex products because we believe that we want to design for all but not in a very um, contrasting way yeah so it's a specific way yes yes um, that's also a policy that we're trying to you know uh, put in place and adopt 
And uh, yeah, we're also doing bigger bags now. I've got a crossbody bag, a shoulder bag, and versatility is another principle we like to work on. So you can mix and match the straps, colors um, vary from product to product but are compatible with all of the bags so it's a it's a it's a big range now so a lot to offer so when did you start two years we launched the brand we went live with an online store in november last year 2018 so just about a year yeah so your products were featured in some of the fashion weeks where and when and who were the brands they were accessorized with Yeah so uh, we did our first ever fashion show in Budapest Hungary a month after we launched uh, and this was in collaboration with a couple of brands um, that are Hungarian and uh, we're so grateful for this break and this opportunity that we got because that really gave us that push into the international and the European fashion circuit that um, the subsequent year in this year 2019 we were able to um, be in Paris during uh, Paris Fashion Week and unveil our new collection. So we've been part of Global Sustainable Fashion Week as well. It happened last May in Budapest again and uh, yeah so it's been a whirlwind of fashion shows uh, that have been exciting. During my trip here to India I've come across so many brands which are sustainable. Is there something in this environment that makes people recycle or be sustainable growing up in india i remember everybody recycled regardless of the social economic class you recycled the brown paper bags which you got the grocery in the plastic pouches you got your milk in what else has changed now because people went from just going and just giving the recycling to the to the recycler to now creating designing lovely products has anything changed in the mindset or the government legislature what has changed i think it's a combination of things but i think that it is for india i think in the indian context it's going back to the roots like you rightly said we have been doing this this has been a part of our culture it's just that somewhere in the middle we got lost and carried away with industrialization and now that everyone around the world has woken up to climate change and its ill effects um that we see in the form of natural calamities and damage that we now think it's a cool thing to be a sustainable brand and sustainability has become this buzzword and there's so much greenwashing and it's that but at the end of it the net effect that i'd like to see and and be uh, grateful for is that at least people are talking about it are now open to read about it and accept it as part of their lifestyles right and so what if it is cool cool is is what people want so um it's it's great and and like you said india um is now seeing a lot of fashion labels that are adopting sustainability as a design principle also but i think we always had this i mean if you look at kalamkari you look at any of our textiles and fabrics and the way we did our embroideries right like way way back we did it all with natural um, components put together natural fibers natural colors and it's just you know a cycle it's coming back full circle now and, and it's good to see that and it's great to be a part of that change 
So you've applied for the B Corp and Positive Luxury. It's a sustainable fashion certification. Have you been certified or? We're still in the process of, uh, you know, there's a, there's a long screening process. So we're in the process of getting it and hopefully we shall, we shall be certified in 2020. So what are the future developments that you have? Are you restricting to just fish sales or are you moving on or creating more? products with different materials yeah so um, fish leather will continue to remain at the core of our brand because that's what uh, really gave us the, the head start right into what I wanted to create with Mayu as a brand but recently when we did our new collection we launched a vegan accessories line as well and that is made from the fibers of pineapple leaves it's a GOTS uh, certified material also has PETA vegan certification on it so we were quite excited when we first found out about it, tested it on our uh, designs and it worked brilliantly. So we had to do something with that. You know, even within the whole sustainability sphere, there is a strong group of people that are looking to go completely animal free and veganism is, you know, growing in all parts of the world and so we're happy to be uh, a part of that and uh, we did that with with Pinyatex that's the material we use it's again a material that we import from the UK and going forward uh, we do plan to introduce newer and more uh, I would say unconventional materials but those that are interesting enough for people to buy accept in their lifestyles and and talk about it you know we we like to look at our products and the materials that we use in our products uh, as a conversation starter even you know there's a story behind every detail that you see on the design of our product on on even the materials or that we decide to use for our products so you'll be seeing an exciting range of materials and also products coming out soon so we were talking about how there are so many sustainable brands now how do you distinguish yourself from the others Say the Gucci's of the world. <laughs> I'd love to compare you. <laughs> you do that. Um, yeah. So, um, so Mayu is a luxury brand. Mayu is a sustainable luxury brand, right? So we try and place our products in the segment where you normally would find um, high quality, premium exotic products right our products check all the boxes there are we have silk lining inside our products each of our products we do a brilliant quality of uh, hardware even which is pure brass alloy coated with light gold which is our signature um, color brand color and so there are small nuances of the brand that make it the luxury brand that it is uh, but at the same time we're kind to the planet and the people that you know uh, we work with throughout the supply chain and so that's something that distinguishes us from any other brand like we we want to give people who are luxury goods consumers the option to do good while looking good so you talked about the silk lining so mm -hmm. are silkworms harmed in that or no so this is a cruelty free silk that we um uh, buy from India and that also is dyed using natural colors and that's that's the that makes up the lining of our product so where are your products sold how can one buy a clutch purse from Mayu yes yeah, so we are currently selling our products on our 
own uh, online shop. Uh, we also have other online retail pa- partners that we work with. Uh, there's a UK-based, there are a couple of UK-based retailers, Aquem, Wolf & Badger. One of them even has a store in London. So we're available at, the, at their King's Cross flagship store in London. And we're also available in New York in the Soho neighborhood at a couple of stores, Dreams and Wolf & Badger again. Uh, we're a- an interesting retail collaboration that we've made recently is with a heritage property in Budapest was converted into this grand hotel which is now operated by Hyatt so we're part of their gift shop and um, we're also available at one of the stores on the main high-end shopping street in Budapest called the Berlin store and the plan is to expand into uh, more of these retail outlets that are very selective about what they carry, you know, as their range. So we, we're very selective when it comes to picking our stockists. Uh, the next uh, place, I think, on the map would be Central and Western Europe. Uh, we, we're looking at Amsterdam and a couple of other interesting cities to be a part of because Am- Amsterdam, I've spent some time there. And I, I think that it's... Um, it's an interesting city because it brings so many diverse people together, young people, but also people who are there to make a change, you know, want to make a mark. Uh, and these are the people who will value and appreciate the story of Mayu or the journey of Mayu. And we've already been receiving great feedback. We were featured recently in one of the top fashion magazines uh, in Amsterdam as uh, we were listed as one of the top three um, luxury, sustainable luxury fashion labels. So it was Stella McCartney followed by Mayu and uh, EcoAlf. So I, that was a, a recent thing, and uh, we're very proud of that. Congratulations. So yeah. how did you access these markets sitting in India? Just a lot of emails? <laughs> it's a lot of remote uh, work that I have to do in my day-to-day uh, work. So yes, lots of emails, lots of uh, cold calling even, and it, it's it's good to see. It's gratifying to see that uh, it's showing results. You know, people are finding this concept interesting. People are appreciating the value we're bringing forth through our designs and what we do and, and the values that this brand holds. And uh, I'm only uh, hoping for the best ahead. Thank you, Mayura, for coming on our show and showing how different and creative materials can be used sustainably in a luxury brand. Thank you, Vidya. Thank you for having me. If you're a creator of a mindful brand or would like to recommend a mindful brand to be featured on our show, send us a message on our Facebook or Instagram page. We recorded this podcast at Radio Wani Studio in Mumbai, India. Tatum Gale composed the music for this podcast. This is Vidya Ayer for Mindful Businesses.